0: Welcome to another edition of the Your Money Personal Finance Podcast. I'm John Abbott. He is Peter Sashaki, president of Everything Financial. You can find him at everythingfinancial.com, home of the Omni formula, and now Everything Mortgages as well. Peter, we just uh, enjoyed episode five with plenty of listener feedback questions. So we invite uh, those of you uh, who listen to get your name heard, get your question in. Your Money at EverythingFinancial.com is the, the way to go. That is the outlet to get your question into uh, me, to ask it to Peter. I'm just the middleman in all of this but I enjoy my my small role here. Uh, Peter is the the whiz and the guru with all the the years of experience under his belt. Uh, We also uh, continue to invite you to listen, of course, to the podcast, subscribe to the podcast and all the the platforms. The Everything Financial YouTube channel is now up as well. You can rate it, share it, like it, and review it as well. And that is all very much appreciated. And Peter, uh, in the days that we're currently living in uh, uh, during this COVID pandemic, uh, the government has provided many different options to help people. Uh, Some are better than others, some maybe in the short term, short form, uh, incarnation of that government program is great. However, uh, we continue to recognize one thing is that the debt is piling up in this country. So uh, one of the first episodes we dug into what the federal government was doing with all the various COVID emergency benefit programs, many have now ended or transitioned um, and so we're going to kind of bring a refresher here so where everything's at with the government, Peter, and uh, you have some important details on some of these these grants and programs available.
1: Absolutely. You just fire away with all those different acronyms we're going to give people and CERB and CW this and C that. And I tell you, it's, it sounds like a lesson in, you know, Sesame Street here with the alphabet, but we'll try and uh, give people our opinion, the facts and point them in the right direction. And more importantly, plan for what happens again or plan on what you should do to move forward. You need to become more dependent on yourself, less dependent on the government because you just don't know what's gonna happen. You definitely have to take responsibility for your own finances and develop your own little safety net because you can't depend on the government always being there because the government can change, things can happen you know, you, you have to be able to move forward. And you know what, living off of government dependent programs is going to keep you here. You're never going to get anywhere beyond here. And I don't think that's what people in this society want. Everyone wants to move forward.
0: Well, let's start with uh, a big uh, portion of the demographic that is uh, students that, you know, they're it's sometimes forgotten in this, how much they, they can be affected uh, by either graduating students that are, uh, you know, counting on certain things to come to pass in the workplace or those that are already having troubles uh, paying off their student loans, uh, needing to go get more money. The Canada student service Grant uh, was supposed to be over $900 million. It got started. It didn't go anywhere. It got tangled up with the WE charity as well. So students, they really didn't get the money that they were counting on, um, and taxpayers were were right to be outraged as well. What is the latest uh, with as that as it relates to students, and and what's moving forward out of this?
1: Well, there's different student benefits. You also have the Canadian student emergency benefit, which you know much went into that one. I mean, two point eight billion dollars went into that. Here's the thing: students were given opportunities for loans, assuming they couldn't get work. But here's the overall truth in that is, students didn't have to apply for work. It was, you can apply for a benefit, the government assumes you couldn't get a job, and guess what happened through the summer? And we know thousands, thousands of businesses couldn't hire people because the students weren't applying. So what students should look at doing is as as businesses are trying to get back on their feet and survive and hire people, do what a lot of students do. I know a lot of students who do this, a lot of clients, kids go apply for two jobs and realize it might take you two years longer to finish your education. That's what you, you know, you might have to do. And there's nothing wrong with that. No one says your university has to be done in four years because remember covid and what it's done to our economy as dr bonnie henry says it isn't forever it's just for now i say so when the government benefit ends do you want to be dependent on the government and i can get into the we thing and where the heck is 400 million (laughs) dollars gone Uh, we've been down that road we you know the 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 government really needs to have their feet held to the fire let's forget about we it was a disaster mishandled by the government we know about the conflict of interest it's past. let's move on go out find a job I, I don't know about you john i mean and i went to university I went to university when i was in university i worked two jobs sometimes three i did come out of university with no debt i know people now whose kids are working as a breast at one place, a server at another place, answering phones at another place. Here's the thing. University is less about the education you receive. I'm not sure a doctor, lawyer, accountant, or an engineer, really, not just those four things, obviously, but those are the, the four right off the bat. It's like, yes, you have to go to university. It's more about the connections you make that lead you on to other jobs later on so students what I can tell you is if you haven't been working well you're really going to have a hard time transitioning to the new EI benefits because you, even though it's less time now to get EI which the government is helping you transition from the CERB you don't have to have as much work time to get there but go out find a job because here's what happened and I hear this from countless small businesses the the amount of people who were on CERB and this is not fair to the ones who really needed it, because there is people who really needed CERP. they needed those benefits, and there is students who had nowhere else to turn except the student benefits. That's a fact. There is some. The problem is it's kind of salted and ruined by the ones who abused the system. There is a there's thousands upon thousands of people who were mer- making two to three thousand dollars in jobs, who quit to live on the beach or mountain bike in the summer and collect $2,000. Acting like it was a free gift, it is still taxable money. So this is what employers are doing. Employers are asking you, what did you do last? Were you on the SERB? If so, why? And they're checking with your past employer to see if you quit. I know countless of employers who will not hire you if you were on the serve because you just didn't want to work, go out and get a job because it's like musical chairs. If you don't, you're going to be left standing and all the chairs are gone. Go out now, find a part-time job. It doesn't have to be in your field. Because here's a fact in Canada. If everyone on unemployment went and applied for a job, a job doesn't have to be the job, just a job, there would be zero people unemployment there's more jobs available than there are people wanting jobs so you have to take some responsibility you cannot depend just on the government benefits because the transition is very limited to ei it's not that easy
0: i wish i wish that world was true where everyone would have a job and uh we could all contribute that way and um we know that it's not entirely going to happen, but I think good advice, good advice nonetheless for, for those students that are able to uh, yeah, it's not a fallback. It's not a free vacation. In fact, uh, you need to think about uh, more than just uh, your own little bubble. I guess we could steal that term now um, because it's affecting the the greater scheme and it's actually Peter going to affect the um, their future. I mean, this is a significant amount of money the government is handing out it's going to take a long time to even make a dent into that. So CERB uh, was quite helpful to some, but it's just adding on to the weight of this, uh, this national debt. CERB is done as of September 26, so that's in the rear view. For those that did need it, how do you transition? And um, do you, are you in favor of then the EI program? And what were your thoughts generally on the CERB program? Uh, was it more harm than good?
1: The CERB program, first off, we'll deal with that. The CERB program was well, um, was a, well, let's put it this way. It was a good program. It was a knee-jerk emotional reaction from the government to defend them. They had to do something. The only thing missing in the CERB program was there really wasn't a means test. So you worked part-time last year. Maybe you're, and, and not to use a cliche, <laughs> excuse me, or be sexist, you're a stay-at-home mom doing a great job raising your kids because they're infants still, and the cost of daycare is insane sometimes. So I get that. Staying yeah. home, raising a couple kids, or it could be, the and I know cases where the husband's at home raising the kids because the, the spouse, the mom, has a better paying job. Fair enough. That happens. That happens in a lot of cases. One of my colleagues, that's the case. She makes three times more than her husband. He works part-time. She works full-time for now. You know, that's the way it works. So it was designed for people to go, okay, I I don't have my job anymore. I get the serve. The problem was you were making $5,000 a year last year, and that was really all you needed. Just pick up some extra money, extra shifts, maybe serving one day a week, whatever the case may be. Suddenly you needed $24,000. That that was not well thought out. There should have been, the only flaw in the serve was there really should have been a means test because the people who needed it, are those stay-at-home parents or someone who really lost their job, self-employed, other people like that who, who fell through the cracks in the system where the government didn't right away have a solution. They did adjust some things later on, which was great. But that's who it was for. Unfortunately, it was abused by way too many people who looked at it as vacation time. Heck, there's people who applied for CERB I talked to a client last night, he's retired. He works part-time doing job security at you know, the Save On Foods building in Victoria and for a couple of their nonprofit organizations. He's a retired gentleman. He says, I easily could have collected CERB. He says, but I didn't need it. But he knows of a lot of other people who collected it and abused it and that's where the problem is with the debt. The best thing people to do would get off the CERB. Now, the government has put Three different approaches into the transition to EI. And we'll be here for an hour if I try and do those. Go on to go onto the internet, Google the SERB transition to EI. You'll go to a government website and you'll see what the qualifications are for EI. They have made it easier, which is patchwork to try and fix the system. If you have no alternative, go on to EI. But as I explained to clients and I explained to clients' kids, and a, cl- a lot of people are doing this. They're going into jobs that are not in their chosen profession just to work because here's the thing. And people think, well, why would I go do that? And why would I go do that? That's not what I do, what I do. What happens is, and here's an actual economic and and psychological fact, the longer you're not in the workforce, the harder it is to become employable in the workforce and the less desirable you are to other employers. So you're looking at this, you're 30 years old, 25 years old, 40 years old, doesn't matter. I'm not picking on millennials here. This is a broader question. But you're young and have many, many years to work. If you don't get back on the horse and find something, you're less desirable and this could become not a one to two year COVID-19 CERV-EI problem. This could become your long-term future problem for you and your family. That's the actual reality of this. Find a job. They are out there. It may not be your job, your chosen job of what you want to do, but it gets you back in. And I can tell you this, being a person who hires people, being an employer and a business owner, we look at that. What were you doing? We just hired someone for our um, White Rock office. Never worked in our business. I hired her. Two minutes because I looked, she was hired off the resume. I looked at her career and what she's done. This person will work. We can train them to do the rest. And that's what employers like me. I talked to a lot of other business owners who I know that's what they look at. Get yourself in the workforce. Don't worry about the EI. The EI is there to transition you, but look for a job. Well, let's, speaking of
0: transition, let's move to uh, the, the CRCB. You said there's going to be a lot of letters here and acronyms. Uh, CRSB, the Canada Recovery Caregiving Benefit and the Canada Recovery Sickness Benefit. Uh, how do you navigate whether to enroll in those? Of course, reminder, again, it all does come back uh, to taxes as well. I feel like that should be the biggest footnote or asterisk that we get to peter is that the, nothing about this is free it's supposed to be helpful but it's it's not just money simply in your pocket
1: yeah this this, this the crb crcb abcd 123 oh my gosh um this is the $500 a week benefit um for people who are at home looking after kids are not eligible these people are not eligible for ei They can't get EI, they can't get CERB, they have kids at home. Um, Good benefit to get them back on their feet to a part-time job. Taxable money, though, what people have to realize with all these benefits is you need to take a little bit of this money and put it away to pay taxes. The only way you don't have to put this money away for taxes is if your total income for 2020 will be under about well, $13,000, let's just round it down here. That's your, that, that first amount of money you make, about $13,000, you don't pay tax on. So it's your exemption. But if you're going to go more than that, it's going to cost you tax-wise and it's going to cost you 20% in that low, in BC anyways, in that lowest tax bracket under that 46000 $47,000 range. So you can apply for this benefit. EI is not a solution. You don't have it there. Again, help you out with raising those kids. Get back on your feet. Cause these are for those people who do the part-time income to help with the daycare costs, help with the home, the food costs, et cetera, et cetera, who just don't have anything to turn to. Nothing wrong with this benefit to get people back on their feet, but people, all these things cost money. And you know how Canada gets out of this debt of billions and billions of dollars. You go to work, you pay taxes, the taxes allow the government to do programs to create more jobs, et cetera. It, it's, a, it's, a, you know, it's a snowball effect and it keeps compounding. The best way to get out of a recession and get out of these, things, these debt problems is people go to work, pay their proper taxes at a reasonable level, then they have more disposable income, et cetera. I know it's cliche and I know it's me harping and beating the same drum all the time. I'm not being political. I'm talking economics. That's how things work. And you know what? People who do that have more self-worth. Um, they're better, they're more productive person in society. Use the, 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 the CRB, the CRCB. Use those $500 benefits to get you back on your feet, but use that time to be looking for an alternative job um, to get you going. There is some discounts in that benefit. If you're working a certain amount, you lose some, et cetera. All those things are online for you, but look at that benefit if you're an at-home caregiver looking after someone to help you out. Not a bad benefit, actually.
0: Well, you mentioned businesses, and uh, we're fortunate in this province in British Columbia that uh, more things continue to open on the on a weekly basis here, and that should put more. Uh, more employees um, becoming available as well. More jobs available, as you were alluding to in episode number five, Peter, in uh, our last episode, especially um, when you're thinking of navigating into getting a job if you're a student or if you're just looking for some immediate work, there should be some available. But to help those businesses, maybe hire people, what are some of your suggestions as to what's out there in support for businesses from the government?
1: Well, the government did that $40,000 loan program. What people don't realize, and and this is a good thing, as a business owner, you can get the $40,000 loan program, apply for it. You only have to pay back $30,000 of the $40,000. By December 2022, you have an interest-free loan for two years to be put back into your business to keep people on the payroll, hire people. I encourage business owners to apply for this, use the money, keep the youth employed, spread it around, hire two or three or four part-time people who are going to school, who can put money back into the economy to keep them employed, keep your business afloat. It's a great benefit. But here's the thing just recently, well, summertime, but anyways, the government expanded this where businesses didn't have to have the certain payroll. Self-employed instead of just incorporated businesses could do this. Businesses who pay out in dividends could do this. Look online at this business loan program. Look at how it's been opened up. Because I, I talked to a lot of business owners, didn't even realize they could apply for this. They didn't realize they qualified. Right. Go use it, help people out, but don't just hoard the money. That's, that's irresponsible. You know, I harp on millennials, but now I'm going to harp on business owners use that money to benefit the employees where it was meant to go and you inject that $40,000 back into society, back into the economy and maybe it is just to keep your business afloat and maybe that kept you afloat through the first five, six months, the worst of this pandemic in BC as now things get opened up. Yes, cases are on the rise. We're getting more cases but there's also way more testing The deaths aren't occurring, thank God, because, you know, a lot of those deaths were in, unfortunately, a large, large majority were over a a very advanced age in retirement homes. Those are the actual stats, not the emotional stuff we hear from the, the media and the politicians. So businesses are opening. Frequent your local businesses, the small mom and pop operations who are just, they're not making money right now. They're just having. They're happy to have cash flow to stay afloat. Use the forty thousand to stay afloat. Go apply for it, but then budget a plan to pay it back over the next two years because it's like a demand loan. It's all done through your local bank as well. So go online to your bank, and that's where you actually apply for the loan. And I can tell you this: I've helped a few people through it. A few business owners. It's very easy. It literally takes ten minutes to apply for this. And then within a couple of days, you have the money in your bank and you can use it to help with payroll, rent, whatever the case may be. Just put it to good use. It's a great program.
0: Peter, just thinking ahead, uh, we're joined by Peter Soshecki, as we always are on the Your Money Personal Finance podcast. He's the president of Everything Financial. And uh, Peter, you help so many people uh, with your Omni formula. Uh, We're talking about this time of COVID. We, I think everybody would hope that the end is in sight. Um, at some point in the next year, but if things regress, if things get worse, how do you, what's your advice to a client when you're talking about managing your finances at this time? Um, and that, you know, some people have more income and more set aside previously to talking to you. So, Hey, maybe they're not going to be as gravely affected, but I think a lot of people were drastically affected in this window of the pandemic and now we're a little bit worried if there's another window do you have advice for people navigating their finances at this moment and uh, what they should plan ahead for how you can help them do that
1: sure thing well first off one of the worst things you can do unless you absolutely have to is deferring payments try not to defer mortgage payments work with your mortgage people talk to a mortgage broker Um, Look at going on, this is why for years, I've been harping about the line of credit mortgages, They're interest only for emergencies, just not, not for regular, just for emergencies, you can default back to interest only, which is way better than a deferral program because what the banks didn't tell you, the only person who won during these deferral programs is the bank because you deferred your payments. Those payments were added on to the end of your mortgage. So the principal and interest payment is now being charged more interest. It also does affect your credit rating if you didn't start to pay it back right away. So that's the downside. Something you can do, and if you're in a mutual fund situation with a bank, freaking disregard your mutual fund salesperson who's only worried about his commission. (laughs) Take some of your RSPs if you have to to survive, to put food on the table for your kids, to pay your bills, to keep your credit rating even. Better off to take some of those RSPs TFSA, if you're fortunate enough to have some money in a TFSA, use those to pay the bills, but you have to learn where you're spending your money. Download some of those um, simple online programs for your smartphone to track how you spend money. Figure out where your money goes because most people don't know where about 20% to 25% of their money goes. I see this all the time. Look at doing that just to keep you on the right track because here's the thing, The market is driven by investor sentiment. COVID came upon us very fast in March, very fast. I was in in California with some clients when it hit on March, Sunday, March 8th. I was in a meeting and I'm sitting with a client who we were, I, I go to California every year and I sat down with clients for dinner and this is where the Indian Wells tennis event is. And I have a lot of clients involved in that. And the guy said to me, and I was getting, I I was giving him tickets to the Indian Wells tennis for one of the days. And he said, too bad about the tennis. And I went, what do you mean too bad about the tennis? (laughs) Well, it's just been canceled. There was one case in the Coachella Valley and you're involved with hockey like I am with TSN and everything else. Remember from the 8th, to the 12th the night yes. the Canucks were supposed to be in phoenix so i was supposed to go to that game because tennis was canceled so i was going to head back to phoenix to my office in scottsdale and go to the connect game say hi to some of the guys and do that all of a sudden and then the nhl got canceled and life was over as we knew it there was no hockey these things can come upon you very fast but these things can be can take a swing very fast it's easy to say second wave life is over as we know it. we're going to hit a second wave the the truth is there's treatments now for COVID that stop COVID kind of in its tracks that help. They're not the, they're not foolproof yet, but they do help. So the recovery rate gets quicker, but there's vaccines that are in their third stage of testing. If one of those vaccines gets approved in November or December, even though it will not be readily available right away in mass production, investor confidence and investor sentiment will change quickly and things will be on the the road to recovery. What you have to learn as a as a citizen, as an investor, as a working person saving is now if it taught you more than anything plan for the next event because there's 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 recessions. We had 08 there's corrections. There's the you can go back to the 70s with the, the oil embargoes of the 70s. I can go through lots of things in my history of the world of being in this business. I'm in the 70s, I was in elementary school, but I've studied all this stuff. I was quite young. I was, really. i yes. today, but I was young. <laughs> then. But, but you do have all these things. There's always going to be another COVID correction, recession. There's always something. This is where, if it's taught you anything, Take a look inside at your financial situation. Reach out to the experts. Build a safety plan. But you know what everyone thinks? I don't have enough. It's embarrassing. I don't make enough money. I love it when the client comes in who has, and you know this, John, from knowing me, who has virtually, unfortunately, nothing. But I say fortunately because they can start from the ground up. A registered financial planner is supposed to work with what you have, not look down upon you for what you don't have. That's, I mean, it's commercially, yes, that's what we do. As I say in one of the ads on CTV, I see a $10,000 client, every bit is equal to a million dollar client. Those are the ones who need help more than ever. This is your opportunity to look at those things, to plan for the next one, because what if we get a little rebound here and everyone's back to work, and the next wave comes in three or four months because one of the vaccines doesn't work properly or there's bad side effects on one of the, one of the treatments. They're not vaccines, they're not cures by any means, but there is something that happens to go, oh, we can't use that. Maybe you have three or four month window just to revamp your finances to get ahead, reach out to the experts who are willing to help you, not charge you. And as again, if someone says, well, you need to put more into TFSAs, you need to, no, no, no. The first thing to know if you're talking to a true expert who has you in mind is, the first thing they'll do is look at your cash flow, look at your debt. That's how every financial plan starts. Not, well, how much do you have in RSPs and mutual funds and what are you earning? Let me look at this solution over here. I'm going to make you way more money run for the fricking door as fast as you can. So the lesson is always wear good sneakers when you go into a financial planner's office. <laughs> Well, my,
0: my advice is, and the lesson I've learned, is go to the experts at Everything Financial. Go to uh, Peter Sasheki, who we're speaking with right now, the president of Everything Financial, who cares about you, cares about your money. Those two things need to be on the, on the same uh, wavelength. Uh, not just your money, caring about the person as well. And uh, that does it for Episode 6 of the Your Money Personal Finance Podcast. Reminder to... Like, subscribe, and review our podcast and all of its platforms, including the Everything Financial uh, channel on YouTube. It's Everything Mortgages now, too, at everythingfinancial.com. And you can email your questions to us, at everythingfinancial.com. Peter, thanks for episode six. It's a very important one as it relates to our world these days. And looking forward to episode seven, my friend.
1: Thanks, John. What is an episode seven, by the way? What do we got coming up?
0: well we're going to talk about wills and estate planning uh so something very important uh for most people looking uh looking towards their the how to take care of their families how to take care of themselves um and a lot of people think they can put it off and that's not a good idea so you're going to be able to help us out and tell us more
1: great looking forward to listening to bart aldrich talk about that great notary great guy um definitely there to help clients so that should be a fun episode
0: Yes, yeah, special guest on episode seven. Thanks, Peter.
1: All right. Have a great day.